We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tarkov show match is just a metaphor for life yep. if you think about if it. You think about it, it sucks and is toxic and cancerous and the rules keep changing along the way and then you f***ing die to some shit that you had no control over. Yep. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast, the show dedicated to talking about all the progress things in life, like music content creation and video games. I couldn't remember what it was for a second. For some reason, I was going to say something about Thanksgiving and ham and turkey, but it eluded me. I'm Jessica Sam. And I'm Jessica Sam. Wow. Quick. What is the superior Thanksgiving meat? Is it ham or turkey? Turkey. Well, guys, thanks for watching. Have a good one. No, wait. Define superior because ham is better in every conceivable way. No, I actually prefer to eat good ham than turkey, but turkey, it's... When when I think of Thanksgiving, I don't picture a fucking pig. Yeah, it's because you've been freaking brainwashed. What? <laughs> Bro, you never see when everybody's like, have a great. And then if there's an animal emoji before the word day, <laughs> w- is it a pig or is it a turkey? Okay, you're right. You're right. But what I'm saying, I'm saying that I agree with you that when you when you hit Thanksgiving, when you hear that, you think turkey. But I'm saying that mm-hmm. that was like a ploy by big turkey because they know that turkey is like the worst meat. And so they've had to assimilate they had to attach themselves onto a holiday and make the entire identity of the holiday their terrible it's like when freaking milk right the milk farmers or whatever the dairy farmers they didn't this is 100 accurate history no detail will be missing right here they had too many too many cows and not enough people buying so they started their ad campaign that milk is healthy and it makes your bones stronger and they got michael jordan with the got milk uh, it's not necessarily that it's not true, but there's like more calcium in like eight leaves of spinach than there is an eight ounce glass of milk. So it's one of those things where it's on a technicality true that calcium can be healthy for you, but it was like pretty much all marketing. I'm just fact checkers. Okay, wait, one cup of milk has 305 milligrams of calcium. One cup of spinach has 30 milligrams. Okay, spinach, listen, 
like I said, all my details I'm are 100% saying, accurate. You know, you know there's nine comments on the video we haven't even posted yet already correcting you on, like, the FDA fucking guidelines. But I'm, but I'm, I'm just glad. Front. I'm just kidding. Listen. We're getting off topic here, okay? Big Turkey has brainwashed you into thinking that you should eat that, turkey. That meat is relevant because you know what's not? What's not as... You know what's more important than meat and turkey? It's the mashed potatoes, the corn, True. the peas, and the stovetop stuffing. Not homemade stuffing. Fuck that. Stovetop is where it's at. And the fucking um, sweet potatoes. Okay. that is cranberry sauce. That is true. It's all better than the meat. It Fuck is what meat. I respect about... It is what I respect about Thanksgiving. It, it's that it's like a holiday around accoutrements, side dishes. You know what I mean? It's like in celebration of... We always did... My mom always did like mac and cheese with breadcrumbs. You know, she would bake it, you know, on top... We did the homemade dinner rolls, the stuffing, the corn. So, uh, so I can, I can get, I can get with you there. But once again, you know, I would say tinfoil hat, it had to get there because Turkey sucks. So the sides over time had to get better and better and better. Yeah. The sides and the gravy. They needed to compensate. Exactly. They needed to compensate for the dry ass fucking flavorless ass meat. Exactly. Now, yes, turkey can be delicious, but you need to like seriously risk burning your house down. Literally, do the number one. Obviously, this is a meme conversation. I hope everybody. This understands is fucking that. serious, and I'll die on this hill. But like, people are always like, "You just haven't eaten good turkey. You gotta deep fry it." And it's like, have you seen those videos of like, have you seen those videos where they do testing? Oh, people have done like, like. I don't know what type of organizations, but they do safety testing and they they intentionally overfill the deep fryers just like a little bit so that when you submerge the turkey, a little bit comes out the top and it's like eight foot wide engulfing flame. Like as soon as any oil spills over the deep fryer and then catches fire, the thing just explodes, dude. Everyone's like, Wait, this, this is OK. I, I, maybe I'm painting myself as like a clueless man child, but fry turkey yeah doesn't it go in the oven i'm confused so yes but once again people are trying to figure out how to make turkey taste good as opposed to just going to the store and buying a ham instead so over the past few years what's been like really becoming popular is it's literally like a giant pot and they make these things and you set it up in your yard you can't do this in your house Veritas. you set it up in your yard and it's like a propane thing and a thing and a thing in a giant pot and you literally fill this pot with oil Heat it to 9 billion degrees. Very carefully lower the t- entire turkey into this thing. Clamp it shut and fry your turkey in oil in your backyard. I watch a lot of blacksmithing videos, and this sounds more like someone's smithing a fucking broadsword. <laughs> what you're describing. <laughs> what you're describing. Like, they go out in their garage. They Dude, have fucking fans. The, the kiln or whatever. Dude, yeah, the forge, dude. I'm saying, fuck. It's crazy. Now, I've had deep fried turkey. It's obviously the superior way to eat it. It was delicious. It was juicy because none of the moisture leaves. It's all just in there. It was juicy. It was crispy on the outside. It was so good. But that's what I'm saying. Every time I bring up the turkey thing, people are like, you're not eating turkey, right? You got to deep fry. And it's like, no, I don't, dude. I'm not going to risk burning down my neighborhood. To fry this turkey. If you fried it, I want some. But yeah, fuck nah, that, man. No, nah, I worked it, and, and I'm. All, I also have PTSD too from oh, working true. at a sh- shmoney bank, ma'am. 
Schmutty Bake Schmam, yeah. Uh, allegedly in Minecraft, I worked at Schmutty Bake Schmam. In GTA. Yeah, and, and um, yeah. That's like, Ugh. yeah. Actually, you know what? The, you know what was good? They actually had like turkey breast. It was like just like boneless turkey breast, which like I don't know. It was like a football <laughs> almost exactly, except like squished a little bit. Okay. That was just... I don't understand how this, how they make it, and I think I'd probably rather not know. Where yeah. it's like a football that the whole thing is just a block of pure meat. That's yeah. like, was it like a paste at one point? Like, how do they do yeah. that? Right? There's no turkey filled breast, into a mold, but yet it's still sliceable. I'm, I'm weird though. I'm weird though because like I'd rather have, I'd rather have like a big pure chunk of clearly like if you don't think about it too hard and there's like no holes for the bones or anything like. It's clearly fake, but then I'm again, maybe I'm a weirdo with like low T levels or something, but like eating like chicken wings and then randomly there's just like an artery and you're like, ah, fuck. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, I don't like that either. I, I, I'd rather just give me just the meat and let me dip it in like barbecue and ketchup. I don't need, yeah. I don't need to be reminded that it was living once. Yeah. It needs to be slightly removed yes. from the organs and the corpse exactly. aspect of the dead body. Dude, what um, a low T cuck. <laughs> Some, some, no, actually, no, I'm not even gonna fucking, I'm not even gonna say, I'm not even gonna say it. Never mind. Uh, was this a comment to you? Yeah. It was one of those one comment, come in, get out. Yeah. We'll come and get banned. Yeah. But it was like, it, ha- it had to have been a meme, which is the only reason why I'm not saying it because, okay. Yeah. Just want okay. attention. Dude, I had somebody come in. I haven't heard this. I don't know about even ever. It's it's such low hanging fruit. Somebody came in, and he was like, he was like, oh my god. He was like, I guess all these people just don't mind listening to a guy with earrings. I'm out of here. <laughs> and everybody was like, what? But he stayed. He kept being like, dude, that's so weird. I'm leaving, but he kept, so we, I mean, we banned him, but I was laughing hysterically while banning him because I was like, dude, it's been like since I was 15 that I heard people make fun of me because I had earrings. It was so funny, dude. (laughs) It was just like, I guess all these people just don't mind that this guy's got earrings. It was so funny. You know, if you would put a gun to my head and was like, does Jesse have earrings? Like, name one per- name one man in your life that you know that has earrings. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to point yeah. out a single person because it's, like, so unimportant and uninteresting. The fact that he was clearly so butthurt by it has got to be indicative of I know. some sort of... It's one of those things where it's like, when that happens to me, it's like... Because I obviously what he was getting at was like, this dude's gay. Like, it's, you know, but it's so funny when that stuff happens because the first thing I always think about is like, the call is coming from inside the house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) the, the people, the people in my life that have been the most ridiculously homophobic, most of them ended up coming out later in life. So, like, I'm just like, dude, are you okay? Oh, my God. That reminds me. Are you okay? I think I've probably mentioned this quote like a million times, but it's my favorite. It's my favorite. Oh my god! Okay, cool. This is my favorite quote, and I found it right away. <laughs> I, I I almost definitely have 
said this before, but it just reminded me of my favorite Hitchens quote where he said, whenever I hear some big mouth in Washington or the Christian heartland banging on about the evils of sodomy or whatever, I mentally enter my name in my notebook and contentedly set my watch. Sooner rather than later, he will be discovered down on his weary and well-worn old knees in some dreary motel or latrine with an expired visa card, having tried to pay well over the odds to be peed on by some Apache transvestite. <laughs> like fucking Jesus. Jesus dude. Wait, whenever whenever Savage, I see someone dude. talking talking about uh, the, the gays and how we don't like them, you always find out that they're doing some dude. some other weird shit that always. you know they've been banging on about from <clears throat> Yikes. That's a quote. That's a quote. That is the quote of all time. That is yeah. a savage quote. That's from Hitch 22, his memoir. Oh, which okay. Is like, which I think I've actually, that's like the one book I've read like seven times. Yeah. Man, that was quite a diatribe from uh, Ham v. Turkey. That was like one of that. My, was, my favorite I defamation case, Ham v. Turkey. Super important precedent that was set. For, uh, and I'm bringing it back avian, up. Avian rights. Avian I, rights. I think it needs to go. I think yeah. we need to abolish. Oh, fuck. What the hell? Can someone cancel Jesse? Yeah. Oh, my God. Hamby Turkey wants to get overturned. Holy shit. You don't believe in uh, winged suffrage or whatever? <laughs> this is this is, on, this is <laughs> off the fucking rails, dude. this dude. is crazy. This is, this is normally what the, the PP is like. This is yeah, this is what every episode of our fucking Patreon, the podcast Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the podcast pod. Yes. This is what this is what it's normally like. It's Pretty just much. our unhinged, completely <laughs> it, we, normally we script everything from if you can't tell, yeah. We script everything on, on our podcast normally. Mm-hmm. I'm reading off script, Jesse's reading off script. Yep. Um the PP is completely un off the cuff. Unhinged, off the cuff. We just whip it out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, oh man. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I'm. I wanted to. It's been too long, and I wanted to uh, start off with like a feel good story time because it's been, it too, been too, long too long since we've done story time. It has uh, been too and, long, and, and I want to get into one real quick because it's one of my favorite stories. All right. And I have props this time. Is this saving an old British man's life twice? No. No. Is no. this ruptured it's... spleen? No. Is this the defender? No. Is it Rico Petroselli? It is. Okay. I just Rico kinda, I just wanted to bring you guys into what I see underneath our notes, which is just a list of story times and the names are so sick. So the stabbing stomachache. Yes, yeah, overdosing on sleeping pills, shotgunning a beer, bloodshed, even eavesdropping on a neighbor's business call. Oh, um, KFC famous bull breaking into a house, Sun Microsystems one million dollars, firing an employee, dad fight, wedding brawl, dad fight. Maine woods, Maine woods creature encounter, homeless guy seizure, and what we have remaining, yeah, is finger. Wait, I think I told finger cut in half incident. Was that the shmoney bank shmam one? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you told that All one. All right, I got to check that off. I've got GTA 5 RP. I've got saving an old British man's life twice. The quote-unquote defender, the BMW crash, and ruptured spleen are still... 
yeah i think dad fight's probably my favorite dad fight um, was great but this this is uh this is another good one okay. so th- this story goes back to like 1960 something okay whoa it, it, yeah it predates me um so I've talked about before, um, my mom, she passed away when I was 11. Uh, she had ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, when she was a kid, she's a big baseball fan. And this girl who lived across the street was kind of, they were like friends, but like kind of like rivals. Like okay. they didn't get along, but they, they, yeah. You know, they had one of those kind of yeah, relationships where, you know, the parents were like, go hang out. And they're just like, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And her neighbor... Uh, one day came home with a signed baseball from Carl Yastrzemski. Okay. Now, for those of you guys that don't know, Carl Yastrzemski is like a legendary baseball player back in the day. Um, played on the Sox. Uh, in fuck, I know the sixties, maybe seventies. Okay, but, you know, way back in the day. Anyway, Kyle Stromboli, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now my mom jealous, but also not to be outdone. She went and grabbed her baseball glove from the, you know, the garage or this fucking shed or whatever. And she went and grabbed a Sharpie and, and forged her favorite baseball player, Rico Petroselli forged his signature on her baseball glove. Uh, and yeah, went over and was like, you know, look what I got. Uh, and Rico Petroselli was, I believe, a third baseman around the same time for the Red Sox. Okay. Um, so then fast forward fucking 800 years, right? And I remember I was maybe nine or ten. And uh, my mom had told one of uh, one we she. During the last, you know, few years of her life, ALS is like this totally fucking debilitating disease. Yeah. You know, she was effectively bedridden on a ventilator. We had like twenty four seven nursing, um, but the you know the nurses would be there in shifts. You know, these 10, yeah. 12 hour shifts constantly. They were almost like some of them were like members of the family, right? Because they're yeah. like there the whole time. They would be doing the ones where it's like, <laughs> hey, can you you know like make a sandwich for Mike, or can you help him with this, or help him with that? Um, yeah. Now I remember. My mom told one of her nurses, um, and I'm forgetting her name, and it's so sad. She was this this super nice Jamaican lady, so nice. I want to say Noel. Anyway, told her the story about Rico Petroselli. Classic. And uh, all I know is that like the next weekend. Out of nowhere, we get a knock on the door, and guess who walks in the fucking front door? Rico, Rico Petroselli. Petroselli. What? Apparently, he was kind of local to us. She went to church with Rico Petroselli, told him the story. Whoa. So he showed up and just like chilled. And told, you know, sat with me and my mom uh, and my dad for a few hours on a random, like, Saturday. And was just telling stories of the fucking 1960s and 70s, being a professional Red Sox player. And 
signed she still Dude. had her glove with the worn down signature the fake he signed over it with the like a real sharpie actually signed over the fucking this and this is her her real glove i mean this thing's fucking ancient um Dude. signed a couple of baseballs so it says to susan with love rico petroselli and i have one this was like up on a shelf um you know in my upstairs between the two bedrooms yeah. there's like an inbuilt shelf and we had like this little you know this p- family pictures and stuff and we have the the glove there's a baseball um this baseball and then <laughs> fucking this is a picture of of rico me with my and one cut off shirt oh yeah that'll yeah rico petroselli me and my mom and uh dude, it, dude it's just it was just such a cool day. That is this legitimately is a, one of the most feel-good stories like I've ever heard. Such a classy move. I like emailed him at one point because I think like you know in his retirement, I think he did like real estate or something like that. And I found like you know Rico Petroselli Realty dot com or and I yeah. emailed him and I like told him the story and I just said thank you. It never never heard back. I, you know probably went to a spam mail or something. Yeah. Um, dude. But yeah, I just wanted to share you know, the, the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, a feel good, a feel good story that is just such a cool thing, dude. That's wild. What are the odds that she literally knows him? That's that's so crazy, dude. It's yep. so funny that her mom just forged the signature in a time where, like, how would she know the difference, right? She's not gonna, you know, she can't Google it. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? It was like you could get away with that back then, dude. That's Indeed. crazy. That's a W, W story. Yep, yep. So I've had the, I've had that shit ever since, and uh, it's like literally hasn't moved in ten years from that shelf. Uh, and, yeah, and before the pod, he was like, "I have a story time. I need props." And so he yeah. like runs away. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I got some yep. props. Dang, that's awesome. There you go. W, W story time. Indeed. So oh, what else man. we got that's not quite as W-E? Or maybe just as W-E, uh, I don't know. Well, okay, so uh, last last week we didn't get a chance to talk about uh, Twitch Rivals in the Tarky space, and that was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a kind of a W. It was, uh, it was kind of a W. So Twitch Rivals happened. I got to play. I got to be one of the captains. I played with Velian and Desmond, um, and uh, it was super fun. So this one was like you and me. I think the very first time I played Rivals, it was you, me, and Geeks. I think we did uh, we did Rivals. And I think that was the first Tarkov Twitch Rivals. Yeah. Um, was that the, was the, that the bingo, bingo card? card? Yeah. And it was like fine stuff or like kill a PMC with this gun. I don't know. The bingo card was weird because it was like so RNG. Um, now, the rules for this we're uh we're super interesting so you know this is also coming off the heels of like the streamer challenge which obviously the criticism went there was like you know there was no points for (laughs) any sort of pvp you know this is twitch rivals it's a tournament you know you kind of want to get some action in there i thought they the rule set was really good and really balanced in the sense that like it did a lot of things right in the sense that you could get a ton of points in a raid which would mean like there's the potential for like an upset, right? If you know the squad, the squad in the lead dies, and then somebody can rack up crazy points. You know, you want that stress, you want that tension, and it was also a really good balance of, um, getting points a few different ways. So on streets, 
it was Caban is 100% spawn. The goons are also 100% spawn, and they spawn on the other side of the map. And then also, okay. Bird Eye's backpack, you know, the most like the big antenna. It's like super little, like super thin. Yeah, His yeah, backpack. Yeah. There's three of those that spawn on the map in fixed locations. So, and then all of the AI on the map was replaced with raiders or rogues, but basically raiders. Wow, okay, sounds super fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was really worried about that. They dramatically decreased how many AI spawned, which was really good. So, it was like you would get groups of three or four of them, but like super spread out. It wasn't toxic. I was actually really worried. So, like, a raider was two points. Uh, killing a boss was five points. You know, killing all three of the goons then would be 15 points. If you found one of those backpacks, bird eyes backpack, and extracted with it, that was 10 points. Um, but what was cool was that killing a PMC was five points. If you headshot the PMC, it was an additional two points. And if you got their dog tag out, it was an additional three points. Okay. So, in theory, you could get 10 points off a PMC. And five points off a boss. So it was a really good... And it was also... The PvP then was more pointed towards, like, skill. Being able to land a headshot or being able to, like, secure a dog tag. That maximizes your points, right? And so it was teams of three. uh, I think four total teams. So there are only 12 players on the map at a time. And uh, it was really good. It was a really, really, really fun... um, the yeah it was really fun we did we did really well we came in second on that part of the tournament on the streets part um okay 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 how many teams were there 24 so you know uh, you know that i was on the 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 list of teams really yeah wait what i was just someone's like i i had a bunch of people reach out to me like yo uh can i uh like you looking for more people for your team blah blah blah. i'm like what (laughs) And then I got reached out to by whoever yeah. it was that I talked to, you know, last time I did a year ago or two years ago for Rivals. And I was like, oh, no, like I'm I think I had to like go. I think this when I visited my grandmother or something. I was I was gone yeah. for the whole afternoon. Um, But it was like, yeah, I was on the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it was like nice, you know, that they that they, you know, yeah, included me. They but reached like, out for yeah, sure. You know, unfortunately, sure. not not this time. So. It was, dude, it was good. I I think it, I think the format was good. Like I said, we were like, we didn't PVP a whole lot. Every single raid, I think the every single raid the entire time we were on streets, it was two hours. Desmond killed Caban. Just every single raid we would spawn in, he would just like run over there. And then like one of us would split to go for the goons. And then we would also split for the backpacks. There were times where like I killed the goons, Desmond killed Caban. We and all three of us are wearing the three bird eye backpacks out. Like it was like super clean raids. It was super fun. There was tons of ways to get points. A lot of teams were like cleaning up, mopping up points on like PvP. Uh there was also a there was also a thing where for every two hundred thousand rubles or hundred thousand rubles worth of loot you extract, you get one point. And there were a few times where, like, Jinji's team found a taiga on Kaban. So that sells for, like, 10 million rubles. So that was, like, a bunch of points, too. What was the value based on? The trader, not the flea. On the flea, gotcha. they sell for, like, 30 million or whatever. Um, It was so... Uh, It was interesting. It was fun. It seemed good. It seemed balanced. The only thing, and this is kind of a theme, is that 
the rules for some of the things kept changing. And I, I think that's a terrible vibe. If you're changing the rules during the tournament, it doesn't matter what the rule is. That's a really rough vibe because they're not, there's no way of disseminating that information. So like an example is somebody was like, do I have to kill the person and get their dog tag out? Or if I kill somebody with, and he's got some dog tags on him, and I extract with those dog tags, do those points count? And at one point, they were like, if you get a dog tag, it counts. And then later, it came out that those points weren't counting, and it was only that you, you had to kill the person and get their dog tag out for, the, for it to count. So like... And I know that that sounds little because you're just like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. All the PvP you counted for. What if your teammate for. killed them? No, you have to kill them and get the tag out. And so that might seem little, but that legitimately could alter strategies, right? If, yeah. if I have a dog tag and you have a dog tag and the guy I just killed has three dog tags, what we might do is give you all the dog tags and send one of our teammates to extract and the other two of us stay in. If yeah. he extracted for nothing, got no points, and then we die, but we could have used your support there as the third, that changes how stuff could go. You know what I mean? So Dude, it's, that like that like a, right there, almost like disqualifies the whole fucking thing. Like it, dude. It's it's a few stuff like that. So then we were then we went to labs, and same thing. Uh, I. I was so I was looking at the Discord where like people were asking questions and some people from like rivals or whoever were like answering questions. Um, it didn't say this clearly enough in the rules, in my opinion. So I don't know if this qualifies as a rules change, but I thought I saw somebody respond in the Discord thread saying it was one way, which was so on labs was on streets and we went to labs. On streets there were the backpacks. On labs, it's like one of those new hideout items, the like far forward digital converter. I don't know, just some miscellaneous item that only spawns on labs, but it was the same mm -hmm. deal. There's three, they spawn static spawns. They spawn every raid. If you get one out, it's um, 10 points. We all thought we, no, we were all under the impression it didn't have to be found in raid. So two separate times I was dying. I, my, and I knew this was going to happen. My performance on labs was abysmal. I was getting rocked left and right. I can barely hang on labs when there's at least a 50% chance the dude is like a pleb and he's trying to do his quest. But when it's full of like Tarkov streamers, I just can't hang on labs. I'm just not. And these were, wait, but these were private servers? Private servers. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm just not that guy, right? So I was dying left and right. I was like, so two raids in a row... The plan was we're going to get some of the items. We're going to give them to Jesse and Jesse's going to get out with him and secure points because I can secure some points that way. Yeah. So I had four of those items in my inventory when we realized they have to be found in raid. So I literally should have just sat in the corner and waited three more minutes for the seven minute mark and extracted with them found in raid. But because I extracted with them four minutes into the raid instead of seven minutes into the raid, the points didn't count. Oh wow, the the fucking poor design of the found and raid system. Yeah, coming uh, once again so, like, to show another the use only case where bad design. I could put up on the board. I had four of those items in my inventory, and none of them counted. You know what I mean? So it was like, so it was stuff like that. And I know that there were a few other teams as well. Like uh, in the Discord, people were like, "Wait, what? I thought 
I thought that we could, you know, I thought we could do it. So, so I'm not saying we would have come in a better position, right? We didn't do well on labs. I was the anchor pulling us down saying that, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not saying if we would have just had those items, we would have come in third. No, no, no. Cause a bunch of other people, right? And this is what I've, what I've been saying. Everything that negatively affected us also negatively affected other people. So I'm not saying it would have turned the tides and we would have won. We might've even lost worse. You know, there could have been teams with more of those items not found in raid and they would have got more points, but it's just, it's the principle it's the of it. Principle. It's not the results. Exactly. Exactly. It's the principle of just like, how can this stuff be changing? And, and an example, I have a few examples of me literally, like I'm not making this up, by the way, the rules change. I was looking at the rules page and somebody was like, dude, PMC kills count for seven points on labs. They counted for five on streets. And they count for seven on labs. And I'm looking at the rules. I'm like, no, nope. like the text delete, delete, no. delete, delete. <laughs> <laughs> almost the curse, dude, almost. I'm like, no, they don't. It's five. And he's like, yes, they do. It's seven. I said, no, they don't. He's five. He said, brother, refresh the page. Refresh the page. All right. Kills count for seven points on labs, boys. There's no like an at everyone ping saying we updated the rules for labs. And I was like, and even, even if there was, it's in the middle of a competition. I fucking, I like, yeah, no, I'm not paying attention to like those kinds of messages and pings and shit. Yeah. Okay. So wait a minute. Was the question I have is were was the score automated or was was it manually tracked? It was automated. So I have a feeling that like here's the idea of went down or of what went down. At some point, some people came up with some rules. They handed them to programmers to program in the logic for those rules based on that guy's understanding interpretation of a rule of the rule yeah and then there was some either misinterpretation or they changed their mind or maybe the actual interpretation like or the implementation differed from what was intended so then they the people who are the ones who aren't doing the actual programming are like yeah this is the rule without realizing that it was coded to where, oh, the check to see that you got out with the thing, it was and, you know, status equals found in raid. Yeah. But it's like, that wasn't a part of the checklist, but that's yeah. the way it's programmed and we can't push an update mid-tournament. So I guess that's what it is. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes So they sense. were probably figuring it out in real time where yeah. they're like, wait, why didn't he get points? Oh, shit. How did you program it, fucking Dimitri? Oh, I did it this way. Oh, fuck. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah so stuff like that was just like a little brutal so streets goes down we're in second place almost the whole time all right the the only other thing that was brutal and once again this definitely didn't just affect us there's 10 minutes left uh because it's just going to be two hours like you were on streets for two hours there's 10 minutes left i'm looking uh me and valiant are dead and i'm looking at the chat and somebody's asking like can we queue into another raid? How does this work? And they were like, yes, you can queue into another raid because it's all automated at the hour mark. Like when we say it's done, it's just stop scoring points. So like even if you extract after that, so it's like you can get into another raid and it'll score points up until it won't. And so we were like, bet. So Desmond was like, should I stay in and milk this? And we were like, no, get out. We can get another one. We can go big. We can re-kill the bosses. We can get all the stuff. He goes, bet. He gets out. We're in queue for seven minutes and we just fade to black. 
just, it's over. Right before we faded to black, the teams that were in a raid got a five-minute warning in raid. It was like five minutes until it's done. And so, so you thought you were going to get like 10 minutes, but instead you got nothing and then everybody else got five. And we pulled Desmond out, stopping him from scoring points. Aww. And there were four, you know, five, six, half the teams were in the Discord going, what the hell? We were all in queue. There were like, this is private servers, right? There were like 10 teams in queue. There, there were enough to build two raids. And they just shut it down. And everybody just had to wait and watch the other teams score points. And what was what the reason we were salty is because we were in second place and we got booted from our queue. And the team that was in first place, Gingy's team, was one of the teams that was in. So it was like, once again, I don't think we weren't close enough to them that I think we would have gotten in first place. We were close enough where it was like an upset territory where if they had died, like if they had died early in that raid and we had gotten into our next one, maybe we would have gotten it. But like yeah. none of us were salty at Gingy or any of them because like obviously they had literally no control over that. They were just in a raid. So but they racked up a bunch of points and that felt bad. Like the literal final raid of the streets thing like half the teams were in the discord being like, dude, we left the last raid because we were told <laughs> that we could get into another raid. And so, so when, when is it, when is it going to stop? I know. And then like, this is like the 97th like event that yeah. was like, it was cool, but yeah, there was so, something that soured it. So, um, now, once again, like, yeah, people are in chatter saying, of course, the, the way the, the way it is with everybody streaming in everybody's chats, it's super unfortunate that because Gingy's team was winning, they got a lot of shade at them. Like people were like, obviously, you know, it sucks. Yeah. Everyone that was competing that I talked to was on the same page where it's exactly like what you were talking about. It's the principle, right? It's like Gingy's team ended up going on to win because they crushed streets and they crushed labs like they were literally an S tier team. They deserve to win. So none of the competitors I talked to were like, man, we could have won. It was all just like, we thought we could get more points. We thought we could go in and get another raid. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you it, don't want to win or lose under, like, it would feel shitty if you won. It would feel shitty. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, she, she was like, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, she didn't get special treatment. They didn't send her into a raid. It wasn't her fault at all. It wasn't anybody's fault. But no, it was a bunch of fucking antisocial antisocial weirdos yeah, that yeah, for sure. that are the types of people that are going to harass yeah. a chick for the failure to properly <laughs> plan a tournament <laughs> plan a tournament so, without issues so we come in second we're going into the labs feeling a little down cuz we missed missed out on that but like excited dude <laughs> our first 3 raids in labs our entire team was dead in 30 seconds or less like it was crazy. Other players, other to... yeah, to other players. It was, it was a mess. There was a because we were still trying to figure out what our strat was. There was a, uh, there was a raid where we split, where we were like, let's try splitting and all going for you know points and stuff like that. Where we split, and in a span of fifteen seconds, on three complete opposite ends of the map, all three of us died to different people laying prone in the bushes in the planters. <laughs> like we were like 
I was like, I'm not scoring points <laughs> this whole time. I'm not scoring points. So they're like, all right, we'll give Jesse the item, which didn't work out. But like, it was bad. I killed, I think, two PMCs the whole two hours. Uh, dude, it was bad. Our our accounts got 10 million rubles uh, and 10,000 United States dollars at the beginning. So it was two hours on streets, two hours on labs. The last 45 minutes of labs, I was like, Desmond, bring me a gun. I have no money. <laughs> like, I lost 10 million rubles playing labs us. for an hour and a half. <laughs> One of us. Okay, now, this is actually really interesting. Um, uh, going under the assumption that the people you were playing against were legitimate players, yeah. uh, I don't know that, you know, I, I haven't heard anything or anything like no, that. No, there wasn't anything weird. Did... If you were to go play labs all day today for a couple hours or whatever, I would it have felt different, dude? It depends. On these private servers with limited people, or like, I just wonder if if there's you know like sometimes it just feels sus or feels shitty. Whereas in a tournament, it's easier, at least for oh, me, yeah, to, to, to like assume like okay, yeah, they just outplayed me or whatever. Oh, for sure, yeah, no, there wasn't any time that I felt like anything was sus. It was it was all nine every single time I play labs, like people. People are like Jesse. People in chat will be like Jesse. Why don't you go labs? And before I even answer, other people are like, "It's because there's so many cheaters." And I'm like, "I don't not play labs because there's cheaters." Like, I, I I can't remember the last time I got into a sus encounter on labs. I'm just bad at that map. Like, oh, okay. Like I just, dude. People are good, and 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 I'm not saying there are no cheaters on labs. Obviously there are, but I'm saying that. It doesn't require a cheater to kill me, right? If Desmond runs laps for three hours, it's like either somebody hiding in a bush or a cheater is, you know, is going to have to contend with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like Joe Schmo labs man that plays labs three hours a day, he's just going to wipe me 10 out of 10 times. And so, so I guess that goes to like the original question is it didn't feel different. No. Because I, I remember playing in some of these other tournaments and they were challenging in a different way yeah that like didn't feel as bad mm -hmm. and you know my like objective brain wonders is that a in, like a, a brain bias yeah or, or is it actually like a manifestation of a real phenomenon which is during these tournaments there are better legitimate players as opposed to weird sus encounters yeah yeah you know because those things just feel for sure they do they feel, feel different, different. Yeah. But it was just like, I get into my own head on labs. You know what I mean? It's just like, there. it's such a, there's such the stigma that it's like labs players are the best of the best. They're like the sweatiest. They're like the most min maxi. And so a lot of times what I end up doing is like turning the aggression up instead of like playing slower for information. I just feel like I have to match the energy. So like most of my deaths, I'm like, I, I swung that too wide. Like, why didn't I just tight swing it? And then if I saw him down there, I could have gotten back to cover. I just like, I'm just like ego swinging people, trying to point fire people from too far away. I just get into my own head and these guys are good. I can't make those mistakes and recover from them because, um, you know, tweak kills me and then, you know, freaking Trey kills me. And then this, and it's like, I just, these guys are really good players. It. You need to approach it. Like if this was an F1 race. And that the only way you win is by going two miles an hour the whole way, and you hope every yeah. other driver flips their car over. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, because because you'll never out 
like if you yeah, throw never, balls to the walls, you're not going to actually win on speed. I'm not beating alone. Max Verstappen, but if he crashes yeah. into the thing, yeah, dude, that's so true. It really is though. Like, um, which just probably explains why a lot of people were prone in fucking planters. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Valiant carried us hard on labs. Valiant um knows the spawns. Yeah. Hell yeah, Valian. Oh, dude. Literally, Des- like, ask Desmond. He'll be like, Valian put up 70% of our points on labs. <laughs> like, Valian was just like... Valian can now... He can coast on that alone for the rest of his career. Yeah. Um, He did t- team kill Desmond on labs, but um, he was... Dude, well, like- yeah, that was just him as fucking asserting dominance, dude. <laughs> that was just his Giga Chat alpha moment. Oh, That's all that was. 100%. That's all that was, dude. Valiant knows the spawns on labs like crazy, dude. Like, he just knows he's crazy. He spawned, you jump up on a planner, <laughs> you, you know, alt peek this tiny weird thing, and he's like, oh, guys, fun there, boom, dead. And kills, even if you didn't get headshots or even if you didn't get the tag, were seven points. So he, like, <laughs> so with me, I killed two PMCs in two hours. So that's 14 points. Those were all the points I put up on the board. So it was effectively those two as a two man. Playing in in a in a tourney against threes, we came in tenth in the labs portion, tenth out of twenty five. So top half was crazy to me. It was basically them two versus the world. Um, huh. So, and then this was super weird the way they did the tournament money. So it was a fifty thousand dollar prize pool, right? They took twenty thousand dollars off the top, then they took that twenty thousand. And they split it in half. And what placement you got on streets when it was all said and done won you a certain amount of money from this 10K. And then the placement you got on labs won you a certain amount of money from this 10K. And then they added the scores together. And this was the final score. And that final score netted you money from the 30K that was left over. Yeah, it was very weird. It was very weird. But I think it just got more people in the money. You know what I mean? Um, it was it was weird. But we came in fifth overall. So second on streets, 10th on labs, fifth overall out of 24 teams. It ended up being great. It ended up being great. So, and then... <laughs> I'm I'm a really late on was really late on pulling this up. You need up. to pull that up on your stream deck. Yeah, I do. Um and then and then there was the show match. All Wait, right. There's more? Yeah. So they were like, "All right. After the tourney, we're going to do a show match." It's one shoreline raid, and wait, what the wait? What's the fuck? What the fuck is a show match? It just like what does that? What does that word mean? I don't know. Is that, wait, is that a word? Am I being stupid? I mean, it's just like a show match. I don't know. <laughs> That's not a word. Showcase the show. I mean, they call it one v one, but co op show match. What the fuck is? Sh- Entertainment and dance program where the audience participates in order to decide if the participants remain on the program or not. It's a TV show. It wasn't that. What the fuck is it? It's an Argentinian television program? <laughs> or was, what is a show match? It was like a sh- final showdown, but they called it a show match. I don't know why. 
But they, was that just bad translation? Maybe. But they called was it, it like the the final remaining like top players or something. Well, dude, let me tell you. Let me take you on a journey of the rules changing. Okay. Five days I'm before. Ready. Five days before the tournament. Uh, I get asked. I say yes. I want to be a captain. I ask Desmond and Velian. They say they're in. We get. We're good. They send me the rules. Okay. The reason I have proof that they changed the rules is because the day they sent me the rules, I took a screenshot of the show match and sent it to Desmond and was like, yo, this looks sick. So I've a got screenshot of a, a screenshot. Thing. I don't know what the, what the, okay. I'm not, I'm not, it's not worth sending. I'm just saying that I'm not. I need this, to know what a show match looks this like. This isn't re- me remembering. This is what the rules were. One member from each team ranked first to 16th place team members will choose which of their team will participate in the show match total of 16 people one raid on shoreline 30 minutes all players spawned in um when entering the raid this is basically based off one of their old pre-web events one of my favorite ones when entering a raid a toxin debuff is placed on the player which kills them after seven minutes. An airdrop, which drops a single stimulant to remove that debuff and adds a new debuff, they basically resets it. Um, there's bosses, bosses, like multiple bosses are going to spawn on shoreline, and airdrops come in in cycles where there's 16 players, and the first time airdrops come in, it only drops 10 airdrops. So, like, you could try and play for one of the ones nobody gets, or you could PvP over one of the airdrops. And then basically it, it keeps doing that. A few minutes later, uh, four airdrops show up. And then a few minutes later, three. And then a few minutes later, two. And then a few minutes later, one. And it's basically like, who can survive? The, the guy that survives wins. Is basically, if I could read the rest of the rules. But uh, oh, the airdrops, that must be so tough. Like, if there's one airdrop, it's like, you don't want to go and lie next to the box. Like, Well, but that's the thing is that, like, there was 10. The first round, it was literally 10 planes in the sky. And it dropped 10 airdrops, but there's 16 players. So it's like not every drop was contested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's only like the last one. It's kind of yeah. like a, it's, it's a, an alternate circle where it's like the timer's ticking down. You're both going to die. You, you both exactly. have to run for the box. Exactly. Or it's like chicken. It is because you could camp out the box. But if the other guy that you're camping out doesn't go to the box until there's only 10, 15 seconds left, you have to get close enough to the box after you kill him. To freaking get the antidote. What happens if you both just sit there and wait and, and like wait for the other person? It's like you don't hit the brakes when you're doing the, yeah. the chicken to drive off the cliff and then both people just drive off the cliff. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then like, so, I guess that's why it's a show match. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool because I really loved that event. They did this as a, as a pre-up event, I think last year in like 2022. And I love that concept of it forced people to move around because like, we're all dying, and you if you if you get a stim, you know what I mean. It, it, it you can delay your death. What a metaphor for life, if you think about it. You know, it. at the end of the day, we're all dying. Tarkov show match is just a metaphor for life. Yep. If you think about if it, you think about it, it sucks and is toxic and cancerous, and the rules keep changing along the way, and then you fucking die to some shit that you had no control over. Yep. So true. Um, okay, so that was the rules. But then, 
the day before the tournament, I was talking with Berkey and Nixia, and Berkey was like, isn't it crazy that this show match, all 72 of us are spawning in the same map? I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't read the rules. And she goes, rules, she goes, uh, Nixia just told me this. And I was like, Nixia, what the hell? Refresh the page. Sure enough. The 16 gets multiplied. The new rule says all participants from all teams are spawning in one single shoreline raid. And the same thing is happening. It's just going to be a bunch of airdrops. We're all infected, but it's a free for all. Here's the, here's the important thing. It's changed. All of you, the show match, the all the all the money is already split up. This is like a small its own prize pool of five hundred bucks. You're it's every man for himself. Seventy two. Wait, players. there was a prize prize pool. Yeah, it's like five hundred bucks. See, I thought, what the fuck? Okay, I I came to the understanding of that a prize match was just like an exhibition for fun. But then as soon as you now tell me there's a prize pool, now it's no longer a show match. Whatever the fuck that means. And sounds like it's not a show. Yeah. Okay. Continue. And I was like, surely something is awry. And she goes, I know. I literally contacted them and was like, are you saying all 72 of us are spawning in the same raid? And they were like, yes. So then it was like, oh, damn. Everybody was like, yo, Nikita's been saying for years, like, dude, we can fit, we can fit 60 players in a raid. And everyone's like, yo, this is them testing that in, in private servers for the show match, a little bit of money. It doesn't like, nobody's going to care if it's a cluster. And everybody was like, oh my God, that's going to be insane. Oh no. And, and, and what you, what you mean to say is they fucking split it up and it was, what was it? Like five raids or something. Ding, 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 ding. We all literally queued up. We all left our Discord calls because we didn't want to be cheesy. And we all queued up. <laughs> Frames win games. We all queued up. We spawn in, dude. I'm alone. You're ready for Normandy. I'm ready for freaking Normandy. I'm... Look around. I don't see anyone. I don't hear anyone. I'm like, chow, what's happening here? I was like, everybody's, nobody's moving. Everyone's trying to figure out what's happening. I go over the hill. And then I go over this hill. And then I go over this hill. I haven't heard a single thing. I was like, what? So I look up at the Discord. I'm like, are they about to call it? And I'm dead. And I was like, okay. <laughs> So then I was like, great, honestly. So I pulled up Desmond and Valiant's stream. And I just watched. And it was absolutely that. It was 72 players. It was a free-for-all. But they just spawned us in five different raids. So it wasn't a free-for-all. It was seven different free-for-alls. <laughs> but it was all scored based on, like, if you extracted, how many PMCs you killed, how many bosses you killed, how many scavs you killed. So like every raid had a winner that like extracted, mm -hmm. but only one person won the show match. Actually, technically first and first and second tied. They tied for first with the exact same points. But it was like, it was like, you know, five or six people extracted, but only these two won because they tied. Dude, 
it was like I legitimately was looking at the Discord. I was I was so convinced it was all seventy two of us. I was waiting for the message being like we messed up. We're gonna kill everybody and we're gonna we're gonna try it again. Dude, it was like it was such a cluster. How could they consistently get every aspect? Of it? I don't know. I don't know. Now we're um, we're obviously memeing on the mistakes that were made here. It was legitimately, and this sentiment was shared by pretty much everybody. It was the best Twitch Rivals Tarkov they've ever done. It feels like the rule set, even though some of the small things changed, was finally in the perfect realm of like, if we're going to compete in a Tarkov setting, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they like some of the things that were like surprises, but W's like the fact that they replaced all the scavs with raiders, but they didn't keep it at the same spawn rate, right? Like you can kill 80 scavs on a streets raid. They turned down the spawns so that the raiders weren't all over the place. They uh, put the goons and Caban on opposite sides of the map, meaning that the map flow on streets, you know, helped. They increased the PVP points. On labs, right? If it's going to be labs, that's the PvP map. They made PvP even more effective. So, like, there were a lot of little things here that told me that they really were finally figuring out how to do something, like, competitive. And I don't just mean competitive as, like, who wants to be the best. Like, you want PvP in something like this. Because it was like, we talked about, you know, we talked about a lot when we were talking about the streamer challenge. There were people who were like, this is perfect for Tarkov because Tarkov's hardcore, milsim, like, PvP shouldn't be rewarded. And whatever. In this, you want PvP, right? It's not 1,500 streamers. It's private servers. It's th- yeah. These are the top streamers. Like, you want to watch, from a viewing perspective, you want to watch these guys fight, right? You know what I mean? So they really nailed it. It was just the fact that they, it really just came down to, like, how do you not know what the rules are before it starts? And if you don't know, you don't start it. I'd rather have just started two hours later and, and gone two hours later. You know what I mean? So it's like, if they can just take that piece of feedback, like, if you send out to the captains a website with the rules on it, you can't change them from that point on. Because I didn't know to refresh the stream to know that PvP counted for more points on labs until somebody told me to, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that information can't be disseminated that way. And I remember, I remember, like, at one point during the bingo thing, how it, there were so many people accessing it that it, like, kept going down. So I was, like, afraid to refresh it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. That's probably a completely separate issue. But at the same time, it's, like, I'd almost, like, screenshot it, like, closed my browser, open it up in, like, paint. Yeah. Just have it there, like. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that's the really, like, all of the mistakes come down to that one single piece of feedback the tournament was run well it wasn't too long it wasn't too short it had some fun in it with the with the attempt at some crazy show match it um and once again what the show match was would have been fun if it had been communicated effectively the people that were winning the people that you know it was a 30 minute trolling raid the people that were extracting at the two minute mark were like man i thought i'd see more people like we're all in here like they still weren't even aware <laughs> you know what i mean it was crazy so it all all of the negativity like all of that stuff comes down to the one piece of feedback which is like when you get to the point where you send that rule set out it can not change and do whatever you need to do twitch rivals or bsg devs i don't really know who the hell is responsible for all this 
that you have those ducks in a row before you send the rules out. If that one thing happens, do that rivals again tomorrow. And it's the best tournament ever. Like it, it was, it was so good. It was so fun. It had so much potential. And so like everybody, I mean, literally so many of the contestants were like, dude, some bumps in the road, but this was like the best Tarkov rivals by far. Um, they just got, man, you just can't change the rules of a tournament mid tournament. Yeah. And this, I mean, this, it just has, it smells exactly like my experience in the software world where it's a disconnect between the people who set requirements for things and the people who implement the, the yeah. things that it, which is something that I've been saying forever now about the game proper. Yeah. Where this kind of like reinforces that like you just have to be very, very particular and careful and specific about how you define things, yeah. about the requirements, about the rules, about the logic, about the edge cases. You need to ask yourself all of the, how can this be abused? How can this be manip manipulated? Yeah. If I was, if this was for life or death situation, how could I, how would I bend the rules? Yeah. If I was here to try to take advantage of this, what would I do with this? Is there a way to exploit this? Is there a way to misunderstand this? And you go back and forth and you address yeah. it a million different ways. And then you ensure there's that the wording that that there's a one-to-one -one correlation between the wording you have in the rules list the requirements given to the coders and the fucking lines of code that they write yeah dude legitimate piece of feedback for the rivals is there should be a meeting a 20-minute meeting with the captains you know <clears throat> what i mean like everybody hops yeah, on where they ask questions great fucking yeah like like, how crazy would that be if it was just, like, literally 20 minutes? I don't know how the Rivals works. Maybe it's one person from Rivals, one person from whatever game. Because they do, like, Rust Rivals, whatever. You know, so one person from Tarkov, one person from Rivals, and the captains. And it's like, we got 30 minutes. Do you have any questions about the rules? Because not only does that settle some things, but people who have questions about the rules would then, like, I might have that question, but way later in the tournament. So like they bring it up and I go, Oh, I didn't even think about that. And then like, and then we get the answer, we get a direct um, stuff like that would just make it better. But if this is what, you know, if this is what needs to happen on the road to them, finally figuring this out, I'm glad that, you know, I was able to participate. It was a fun day. We came in fifth, which means we won some money. And uh, it was interesting. It was fun. I just hope in like 2027 or yeah. like honestly this was the best rivals yet really bunch of hiccups yeah dude they really need to you know probably iron out some of these things and you know well, we're, hopefully we're in the on future, the road to... we're on the road to fucking you know and and here i am like <laughs> i remember back in my day things were fucked just like this nothing it was a bingo card oh, my, my spine hurt fuck oh god Oh, my God, dude. So yeah. good. I'm super interested to see what, like, you know there's going to be uh, arena Twitch rivals, and arguably, hopefully, it'll be an easier time, you know what I mean, to create a tournament in the tournament. They won't have to game. hack together a bunch of fucking exactly. rules that can kind of just be like, here you go. Exactly. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, that was, uh, that was rivals once again. I hope. <laughs> If there's anybody from BSG or from the Rivals team listening, it was a W. It's just like that's the big piece of feedback. We just have to make sure the rules are set in stone. 
And it's okay if mistakes happen, but just like, how do we get those mistakes to happen before the tournament starts? And so something like that, like a meeting is an opportunity for like a, oop, I didn't think about that. Let me get that figured out before the tournament starts, you know? Um, a few other tiny little Tarkov things, but before we do, I want to take a second and thank the sponsor for tonight's episode, and that is HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you can farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trip to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why America's HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Dude, we were talking about this the other day. Some of the seasonal recipes that they throw on. One of the cool things about HelloFresh is that there's like 30 or 40, 45 weekly recipes, which affords them to sneak in like five or six super seasonal ones, like some soups, some fall soups. They even do like an all-in-one like Thanksgiving turkey box dinner thing. Should be ham. You know, we talked about that earlier, whatever. They, they didn't, wait, does it, do they have the forge, the blacksmithing forge, the iron outside cauldron, whatever the hell that comes with it? Or, or is turkey. it just easy? Yeah, is it just easy to easy. convenient to cook? Yeah, yeah. easy and convenient. So, uh, yeah, we love HelloFresh. Bro, I, I like, after we talked about it over the last couple of weeks, I've been, uh, I keep telling my wife, we, we need to, uh, we need to hook ourselves back up and, uh, literally just, just set up everything again. Yeah. And my good Lord, like there's just so many amazing things yeah. on the menu that like normally with these kinds of things, I'm a picky eater Same. and it's always like. That looks good, except for this one thing that I don't yeah. like on it, or whatever, or you know, Dude. and everything. Like I'm, I'm literally scrolling through here, and I see brown sugar bourbon pork chops, one pan sweet and spicy cashew pork tacos, Those are pork so good, tenderloin actually. with creamy pan sauce, one pan tri, tri I don't know, trattoria, trattoria, or trattoria. I'm not sure. All the Italians are gonna mauled. Uh, tortellini bake. Oh, that one's so good. Yeah, I'm the same way, dude. Normally when there's stuff like this, it's always like, this is good, that's good, but I'm going to throw away the vegetable because I don't like that. Or you know what I mean? Or, like, There's always just like one thing. Of course, there's types of food that I don't like on the menu, but if it's a type of food I like, everything on that dish is delicious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so good. There's all sorts of different stuff, especially around the holiday time. They have an, uh, a whole uh, like separate menu where you can do... Um, charcuterie boards, desserts, uh, all sorts of like appetizers or additional food or even just like additional stuff for like lunches. They've got um, recipes that are easy, you know, ready to go in 15 minutes. They've got, you know, protein plus. They've got keto friendly. Whatever you want, they got it. It's amazing. We've used it for the longest time. It's delicious. So you can go to HelloFresh.com slash podcast free and use code podcast free for free breakfast for life one breakfast item per box while subscription is active that is free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash podcast free with code podcast free um so yeah thank you so much to hellofresh america's number one meal kit for sponsoring this episode god dang look at that tangy plum dijon glazed chicken Oh my god, dude! Now I'm hungry. Yep. My boy, I know. I always, they always do this to me, dude. 
Um, okay, so ba, 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 speaking of arena. Ba, da, ba, ba, ba. Hello fresh. Hello fresh. <laughs> nah, yeah. We're gonna get it working. <laughs> no, we did it so tone deaf that there's no way it could yeah, be confused no with any other brand. Um Tarkov tweeted out uh the other day. Battlestate Games will make its esports debut at DreamHack Hanover this December with the first ever tournament for the new hardcore shooter game on site. Six pro teams will compete on a dedicated stage for a prize pool of 100,000 euros. There was actually quite a bit of, and by quite a bit, I mean four people yesterday. <laughs> Uh, were um, how do I like I'm trying to figure out the best way to categorize this it seemed like there was potential not drama but like questions around why no one in like like none of the big name NA folks apparently oh. knew about this like they weren't invited or they weren't asked and i just recall like when we first started talking about this at one point weren't there like the beta testers from arena was like some random like esports teams that like vertus pro I, I assume... they did one oh, okay they did one thing where they like brought the vertus pro team in let them play it like all day run a few little mini tournaments and then gathered their feedback yeah so <laughs> the question is, is like do we know who's taking part is it a bunch of like is this like Cloud9 versus fucking Nip versus Virtus Pro, ver like a bunch of CS teams that are now going to play Arena? Or is it like Team Landmark versus. My understanding know? is that it's the first one. It's like they got in contact with some pro teams in and around. Because Hanover, is that in Germany? Yeah, that's the event that yeah, I. That you were potentially going to. Uh, yeah. Originally going to potentially maybe do like the opening ceremony fucking guitar concert thing. Yeah. And, so. Yeah. They haven't, like, named the teams, so I definitely don't know if it's, like, Cloud9 or whatever, but they said, you know, six pro teams. The The official blog post on their website says, um, uh, bu -bu -bu -bu, six professional teams will compete on a dedicated stage. Players will take part in gladiatorial battles. Um, There's, like, fucking swords and shit. Yeah. Uh, so like then, then they end this with a quote from Nikita. We are excited about Escape from Tarkov Arena in Germany to demonstrate our ambition, uh, taking esports endeavors to the next level. Developing an esports title has always been a part of EFT of the EFT Arena roadmap, and the immense popularity and community uh, demand have proven that we are on the right track. We see DreamHack Hanover as a great stage for us to show showcase the new title and an opportunity to engage and grow our community with esports and other experimental activities on site experiential not experimental <laughs> so i don't think that this is a bad thing um i i don't know i haven't heard any other streamer like it wouldn't surprise me if streamers that live in europe had casually mentioned like man i wish i could play in the tournament but I don't think there's like proper drama 
But I, I have also gotten that where people are like, isn't it freaking crazy that BSG is not even inviting anybody? And it's like, dude, this is marketing. You're yeah. going to play arena because you love Tarkov. They want new people to come in and play arena. So they're going to kind of dip into the CSGO Valorant. So market. they're going to reach out to these esports teams and be like, hey, we're going to put up a ton of money. Obviously, it's not going to be a big deal because this isn't a game. You guys have grinded thousands of hours. Would you be down to come in, play? We'll give you some time beforehand. You'll get to play it. You'll do the tourney. It'll be a big thing. They get some money. Like to me, that's marketing. That's not bad. Of course, uh, if I lived in Hanover, I'd be like, man, I wish they invited me to, you know, do a team. So I don't think it's crazy, but like, I don't think there's drama. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't either. I like, I, I think there was just a couple of people that basically said that they kind of interpreted it as like, don't yeah. you see this as kind of like a, uh, slap in the face, slap in the face. I almost, yeah, I couldn't remember the fucking phrase. So thank slap you. Slap on the nuts. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. Like, I kind of don't, I don't I see don't. it like that. I just assumed it was the yeah. same, like, on the esports folks that they got involved last time around and or yeah, I don't know. I don't and know. I highly I also highly doubt that like if they were to ask, you know, let's say what, six teams, five people on each team, like if they were to ask thirty, you know, the top streamers, like six of them would be willing to go to fucking yeah, Germany. Yeah, could go to Germany, like and I like I was panicking because I had to like my passport's long expired. Yeah. So like I, I'm actually glad I almost went like the expedited route, which can get kind of expensive. Uh, and I'm glad that like I didn't like go that oh, far yeah, until dude. I got the email be, being like, yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It yeah, it seems not crazy to me. Once again, like like you said, you know, m a lot of most of the top players wouldn't be able to come, you know, because a lot of the like, you know, maybe way out in Russia, people wouldn't be able to go. A lot of the, you know, NA people wouldn't be able to go. There's a lot of EU people that could go, I'm sure. And I hope that they go to DreamHack. They could probably play arena and have a good time. But uh, I don't know. I get it as like a marketing thing. Um, I'm also, I would also love to see, I could be wrong on this, but like my, my instincts are telling me that if you had like, a bunch of cloud nine dudes that are all like CS pros or whatever, have them play arena for six months. And then you put them up against like, you know, team landmark team, GNG, what like whatever. Right. Yeah. I have a feeling like they would fucking own the Tarkov OG streamers. Like, yeah, it's like playing like, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It just, it's like a different, it's a different they, game. They, yeah. It's a it's a different not even that. It's just like a different mindset. It's like for yo, sure. we've got fucking we've got practice at four. For sure. We get scrims at seven. You know, do you fucking take your protein shakes and <laughs> do your you know, leg day was yesterday, bro. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of different. Um For sure. So I don't know. For sure. I don't know. So yeah. So that's the uh yeah, I don't know. That's attorney. Um, I think it'll be cool. I don't know where DreamHack is. It's like the 14th to the 17th of December. Um, I'm really hoping that we have Arena by then. I'm really hoping that at least they're rolling out waves before then. Please. But we'll see. I, I just went onto fucking Arena 
dot Tarkov, whatever. Didn't you say you had to like click on something? Yeah, you gotta log in. Uh, so I logged in, and then now what? Oh, it says congratulations, you got the game. Yep. I love fine. I love like. <sighs> don't you fucking hate that when you you like don't see the thing until you're like finally get a someone on like customer service, and they're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, how can I help you? And you're like, I just saw. Never mind. Fucking. Yep. So Literally by the way, happened. that'll be like that'll be the last Tarkov thing that we talk about. Once again, I'm just trying to spread this news as much as possible. If you have the Edge of Darkness version of the game, you got Arena for free, and what you want to do to tell the Arena servers that you have claimed your Arena game is go to arena.tarkov.com, log in with your Tarkov credentials. It will say congratulations, you got the game, and that is how you basically activate your free arena, which uh, makes you eligible for um, them to pull your name for the waves that they do when they start releasing it. So if you pre-ordered arena on the site, then obviously you already have the game. But if you have Edge of Darkness, if you bought it in 2016 and you're kind of interested in arena right now, you may got to make sure to go to arena.tarkov.com and log in. Do it. Bro. Um... Sorry, I'm like getting fucking text messages from my sister. <laughs> She's like doing some fucking random shit tomorrow for like our family Thanksgiving. Oh, she, like oh. needs, she needs like a bunch of fucking fun facts that little that people don't know about you. Yeah. You you, you want to know what my three fun facts are? What are your three fun facts? Because <laughs> I I'm like I can't think of the fourth. I'm fucking busy right now. <laughs> Stop texting me. Um, number one, I won a Michael Jackson dance competition at a bar. I'd pay anything for the tape. That tape exists <laughs> on Facebook somewhere. Oh god! I just, I just continuously—I can only moonwalk. Yeah. Like, like knowing that now, and then thinking back, and you think about all the different dance moves that Michael Jackson has. I suddenly was like, I got panicked because if I got asked now to do it, it'd be like no fucking chance. Like, are you yeah. kidding? Yet somehow I ended up on stage at the Bourbon Cowboy in um, fucking New Orleans, Louisiana. I just moonwalked back and forth a bunch. And I'm pretty sure the the woman at the microphone who's like emceeing said I got great moves for a white boy. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two was that I've owned over 25 vehicles. Jesus. And honestly, that was true. Like, I've only had one car for, like, the last, like, five years. So, really, it was, like, between the age of 16 and, like, 26, I owned over 25 vehicles. Um, and then number three was I was the founder and vice president of my college Republicans. Like, the college Republicans. Oh. <laughs> If you can fucking believe it, <laughs> there were different times. Different times. Yo. Mm -hmm. If only 19-year-old Veritas could debate 30-year-old Veritas. Dude, I, I, it's like I'm like unrecognizable. The lore is rich with this one. I have a, a video on Facebook where all you see is a stream of urine on a Hillary Clinton for president sign. 
in Washington D.C. where I was down there for CPAC in college. It's just like it's just a different time. It's a different time, dude. <laughs> and you know what the, the craziest thing is too is now again we don't we're not gonna get like political or anything you know and not gonna bring politics in. But I will say that during that period of my life, I was the most I like I was the most fervently outwardly loud about politics while simultaneously that was it was the peak of my of my like loudness and the fucking valley of my actual knowledge on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um that's college for a lot of people. No, a lot. No matter what they believe, you know what I mean, or or what their politics are. That's that's often our peak loudness and valley as far as emotional intelligence, or yeah, any sort of intelligence. Wow. Um. Uh, all right. So that's all the Tarkov stuff, bro. You could pay five dollars to upgrade from your region to other to Europe on this website yep. what the fuck does that even mean i don't upgrade know. my region I'm, I'm i'm getting citizen european eu citizenship and tarkov yeah. for five dollars boys that's yeah. all it takes i actually don't know what that means mine is other i don't know what that means you don't identify as a yeah as a european or a exactly european on a sign okay anyway um uh okay, so that's all the Tarkov stuff. I don't know. Anything else you got? We got the the vid coming, the Billy Mitchell vid. Yeah, three hours, three hours forty nine minutes is the final runtime. Damn. Um how do you feel is. about your Billy Mitchell doc being longer than the extended <laughs> cut of a Lord of the Rings movie? <laughs> I'm used to there's a dick joke in there somewhere, but I <laughs> Then I thought of extended cut, and I realized I didn't feel comfortable anymore making the connection. So, um, so yeah. Uh, no, but overall, I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got a couple last little dot my eyes cross my legal T's. Yeah. Um, I I did. Uh, I think I am going to do like a little bit of a watch party, where yeah, I, it's, yeah. like, it's, a, it's a, you know almost four hour video that I need to. Even though I've seen every moment of it nine billion times, once I render out the final thing, I need to watch it from start to finish. Otherwise, I will not feel comfortable that there's not just like a 10 minute red screen in the middle or something. You, you never know. Because like one time I fucked up an edit and like uploaded it without watching it like yep. five years ago and I'll yep. never trust ever again. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so, yeah. So I think I'm going to do for. Uh, my patrons of the uh, like my personal Patreon. I think I'm going to do a watch party at some point, um, probably next week sometime. Yeah, maybe hop in Discord and just have like a. I don't even know if I'll be able to like. Can you control who can get into like a mm -hmm. hall or a room based on roles or something? Yeah, you can do like Patreon only roles in the Discord, and then only they can enter these rules, and then you can do the uh, you can do the. They're called like stages or something where okay. like you can only designated people can speak, but anybody <clears throat> can, you know, anybody that has the the right role can hop into that room and like watch or something. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 All right. Well, then I'll fucking uh, I'll probably end up doing that. Um, so that'll 
that'll just be fun to go through it and give an early preview. Um, and then Hell yeah, yeah, still, still trying to iron out that we were talking earlier some of the final like thumbnail title oh, ideas. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <sighs> did that? Did the video that have has the title you want? Was that like a big video? So the, the funny, the funny thing is, um, is I had thrown around the idea of, and I'll just fucking say it was the longest con in video game history. Yeah. And I, I actually reached out to my buddy Carl Jobs, who is currently being sued by Billy Mitchell, <laughs> uh, you know, and we're and we're homies, and I basically was like, "Yo, what do you think about this idea?" And he's like. Dog, I have a video with that title. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably where it got into my head, like seated. You know, like, I'm like, oh. Well, you know, because some things kind of like write themselves. For like, sure. The, like the King of Khan. Yeah. Is like a documentary that like one of the dudes made. Uh, it's a wild. He's one of the eccentric kind of crazy guys in the middle of the story. Um but like you know that they, some of them kind of write themselves. Um, yep. And I was like, oh, but that actually wasn't even about Billy Mitchell. <laughs> that was about Todd Rogers, that got the the dragster guy. I don't know if you ever heard about that whole thing. Uh-uh. Dragster, you know, you know that old Atari game, Dragster. You probably have like maybe seen I've it. Probably once, seen it. Yeah. It's like literally there's just like a top and bottom split screen with just like nine pixel little dragster, and it's like you just drive, shift, 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 whatever. Gotcha. Well. Um, he got allegedly got a five point five one, which is like the the record from like fucking thirty years ago or whatever. Well, it was found out a long time ago that that was imp- it's impossible. Oh, I think you've mentioned this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's literally impossible. impossible. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like people have been doing it for thirty years, like speedrunners or whatever, and like five point five seven, I think, is like the fastest, like possible. And they've even broken down like frame by frame the code and everything, and it's like, you know, but he came up with some whack story, like, yeah. oh, you know, I, I changed gears before the green light and and popped the clutch and blah. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? This isn't Fast and the Furious. It's Atari. Like, you yeah. didn't do any of those things anyway. Um, but he also like self input in like hundreds of other scores for himself yeah. that most of which were impossible you know like second place was like 800,000 points and he's like yeah i got 10 million points <laughs> like like literally like like that off and a lot of the points were like he'd get like you know 1,500,097 and it was like you can only get increments oh, yeah. of 50 points <laughs> yep. like you know so and then like when confronted in a bunch of interviews he's basically like okay fine then like i'll just remove it it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, right? Like, that's funny. You know, like, oh, we we found your DNA on the dead guy from five years ago. Okay, well, then I'll fucking tell his wife sorry. Dude. It's like, well, no, dog, wait. What do you mean? Yeah, you got to answer for this. That, that doesn't make you seem more legitimate if you're like, well, then fine, yeah, take him off. That doesn't. If anything, that makes me more mad. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's like the YouTube commenters who are like, I literally don't agree with a single thing you've ever said about the game and i'm like what do you disagree with me on and they're like well i agree that this should happen i just disagree that this it's like you're already shut up like already shut up you can't say literally don't agree with a single thing you've said and then start your next message with what you agree it's like i asked because i wanted to know you can't do that oh 
And, and well, and fun fact too, Todd Rogers was the judge that adjudicated Billy Mitchell's scores in question. Well, of course, naturally. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so the 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 longest con in video game history was his Carl Jobs video okay. about Todd Rogers. He's like, yeah. So I'm like, fuck. Well, that's awkward. Imagine going to someone and be like, yo, I'm gonna name my kid fucking. You know, some very specific, unique name that you named your kid, and you'd be like, "What do you think, man?" Yeah, yo, I'm gonna start a Twitch channel. I'm thinking Jesse Kazam with two M's. Like, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, "What, bro? What?" Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens okay, there. So I played a, I, I played a game, a new game yesterday. I just it was like a a one and done. I was done in about four and a half, five hours. I saw you playing it. I was lurking for a bit. It was a honestly a really, really good game. Really good game. It's called Viewfinder, uh, right? Called, you called Viewfinder. Yeah, it was. Um, it was the game that a lot of people saw. The kind of like the core conceit, like the core mechanic of the game, was like in a tech demo. You know, last yes. year, year before, whatever. Where basically, like. You you can walk over. It's got kind of like the witness esque, yep. kind of cartoony, but still really beautiful, surreal it's vibes. Uh, vibes, and you'd like, you know, walk over with a, a handheld little Polaroid camera and go take a picture. It spits out the Polaroid, and you take the Polaroid and you like hold it up in front of you and you press a button, and then like it inserts the thing you just did, like in the environment. Yeah in a completely seamless way and then that's how you that's like the mechanic for solving puzzles um so if you need like a bridge over here and you see a bridge over there you could take a picture of this bridge put it where you want it with the picture and then just it's there now it just inserts into the environment yeah and there's some cool stuff you can do with perspective you know because you can take the picture and like go like this so that you know, like, uh, there's a thing that has, like, batteries, and you put the batteries on these little charging plates, and if, like, you can see on the other side of a wall, like, a, a kind of a mesh wall, you can see there's a battery, you take a picture, and then you, like, take the picture, rotate it, put it above you, and then, like, place it, and the battery just falls, right, because of gravity. Um, there's a, it's, it's very similar to The Witness and a lot of other really well-designed puzzle games in that, like, it introduces and explains a mechanic... And then just shuts the fuck up. Yeah. And slowly builds on the mechanic in ways that are increasingly more clever. Yeah. To the point where there's like, you know, and then it's like, well, then the, the first puzzle is the for the first few minutes, I forgot that there was a camera because for the first few minutes, it was just go pick up a Polaroid and then do it. Oh, yeah. You know, um, which really limits the constraints of the puzzles. Yeah. Um, but then later on, there's like a photocopier. So now you take a Polaroid and you put it in the photocopier and now it's like, I just duplicated the thing. And then there's, uh, then it gives you a camera and then there's like stationary camera. So then it's like you fucking take the picture with the photocopier next to the stationary camera. And then now you've just duplicated those two. And each one has a certain amount of either like print copies or like film. Oh, so like using that logic and it doesn't explain anything. It just slowly lets you like deduce things. Yeah. 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 And it's one well, of my favorite, my favorite element of, of puzzle games is when they just make you feel like a fucking genius. Yeah. 
and, and like... part of that and part of that is is designing something that is like logical and intuitive without hand holding yep if they explained every mechanic along the way it would be so less so much less satisfying um but and also the inverse is the reverse is true as well where if it's like after seven years, somebody just finally found out that if you just stand on this pixel and press this combination of keys, it unlocks the next thing. It's like yeah, that it's arbitrary. It you know the scale of like the harder it is to deduce, the better you feel about finding it. That has diminishing returns where it just becomes arbitrary and unfun because it's unrealistic to ever deduce it. Yeah, yeah, and and this this is actually a really interesting game in that like. Very few games like this really give you. They don't lend themselves well to having multiple solutions, hmm. but I actually feel like like there were times where I would have an idea and I'd be like placing the photo, and as I place the photo and we're going to jump onto the thing I just placed, I would look over and be like, "Oh, there's another thing over there I didn't see." It was like that's probably how they intended it, but but there it was just open-ended you know yeah. when they add interesting mechanics you know like you could cut a hole through the wall or take a, a picture of a bridge and then rotate it like this so then you have a ramp then you go over the wall you know versus yeah. take a picture of yourself and then it use put the fucking photo over here so then when you place it you like teleport whoa which is like which is like such not an intuitive thing but yet somehow it's one of those things that like i feel like it was a stretch like at the same time my brain was like this is this isn't gonna work and then i did it and it worked and i was like whoa because you would think that like i don't know it's 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 hard to explain yeah it seemed like a stretch but when it works it's like wow yeah. Like you didn't have to be like here's a hint for how you don't get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, cuz then it just loses the satisfaction, but when I'm like when I think you know, if this was my game, this is what I would do, but this isn't going to work. Click, oh fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah, it worked. You know, I love it. So and whenever sick. I play games like this, it really just makes me want to make my own fucking puzzle game, dude. <laughs> yeah. I want to make my fucking puzzle game. I want to make my my fucking body flight game. I was talking about this on stream. Quap, but not AIDS. Quap, but not AIDS. Yeah, which which actually I was talking about on stream the other day, and I could tell that like I think a lot of people kind of didn't quite get what I was getting at yeah. with that. Like they thought it was like Mimi, or like that the controls were like purposefully meant to be confusing or weird, but. We, and this is this was from the episode on the PP that never will see the light of day because it didn't have audio. Yeah. Where I I went into detail for like forty minutes about my game idea <laughs> that 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 I'll uh, yeah. give like a fucking eleven second elevator pitch on. But effectively, a bunch of people has, have seen my my body flight videos, which is like indoor skydiving, yeah. which is basically. It's the part of that of skydiving when you go skydiving where you're free falling. Yeah, it's not the part in the plane and not the part under parachute. It's the actual like yep. free flying. Um, and I want this is what I was looking for for um, was looking for like an Unreal Engine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, developer because I I want a little simple proof of concept where I can test out the controls. Um, yeah. 
because a huge part of it has to do with the controls where I imagine like a 2D puzzle platformer yep. where you're you're using wind currents, whether it's fans or natural. You know, I can imagine it being like this industrial yeah. neon city thing, but then also I can see there being like a canyon wind current, you know, whatever Map. level. Yeah. Um, but like to where you're controlling your body. So for example, you're flying, you know, like this is the free fall position where you see a skydiver. They're always, yep. you know, falling through the sky like this, right? When you're flying, if you push your legs out, what that does is it provides more surface area, more lift here, which lifts here, which tilts and makes you go forward. So if you bend your legs, you go back. Legs out, in. Bend your legs, go back. And I didn't have this little model yeah. during that conversation. Um, now, if you push your arms out and bend your legs, you'll go back really fast. Yeah. Push your legs out, arms in a bunch. You go forward really fast. Now, if you... Um, if you bring your legs in a lot, put your arms out a lot and like kind of de-arch your torso, you transition over into either back flying or, um, or you can fly vertically in like a seated position, which is fucking hard to do with this model. It kind of sucks. I got that yeah, idea. Yeah. Um, or you can fly vertically head down in kind of like a position like this, but all of these things have different fall rates, which means like different yeah. speeds that the air um would have to be to keep you level so there could be like different sized fans with different speeds and i just i have a million like puzzle cool things but yeah the the whole important the most important aspect of this whole idea of this game is the satisfying movement yeah the manipulating get the controls right and just being like it would look so sick to be like fucking sure. doing all these cool flips and manipulating the body. To <laughs> it makes stuff. a lot of sense that it lends itself well to a puzzle environment because, like you said, you're basically just introducing a core concept and then letting the player then run with it. And that core concept is like, this is how you fly. When you move this way, it does this thing. When you move this way, it does this thing. And then you let, you know, you allow that exploration of like, if I do this, this is helpful in these types of situations. If I do that, it's helpful in these types of situations. So it like lends itself well. But I remember what you're saying is like controlling that is hard because if you're belly down flying and you can kind of grasp, you know, this is my first one arm. This is my other arm. This is my leg. This is my other leg. So I can manipulate those. But if you flip on your now you're on your back. Now the controls are. It's just getting a con getting the controls down is is was what you're talking about and it makes sense that that's like a hard thing to feed to be satisfying and intuitive when your character model is flipping around so much and this is the core of it like if it's not intuitive at all and it doesn't feel good then the whole game's bad cuz yeah. like like I, and I, and I imagine that this kind of game would be similar to like Super Mario 64 which a lot of people when they start playing they're like god this feels so like ice skating uh-huh. and so slippery and so whatever but when you ma- like when you speed run it and you master it it's got such a high skill ceiling and it's so satisfying to watch and to do when you master the controls. And it's like, imagine, did you ever play the binding of Isaac? No. Have you ever played like any, they call them like twin stick shooters um, or twins. So like binding of Isaac, um, you have like WASD um, to like control your character, like a 2d on the screen, right? Yeah. Up down, left, right. 
And then um, I'm trying to remember the controls. I might get this wrong, but it, it doesn't really matter for the sake of this argument. And then like you have your so you have your left hand on WSD and your right hand on the arrow keys. Okay, yeah, I like looked up some so, pictures and stuff. So like yeah. left and right, so that'll control like which direction you're like firing or attacking, right? So imagine that these controls you could play with maybe two sticks or you know WSD and and the arrow keys. So imagine if you know you're like this, right? And you press A, which is like left, yep. right? On that could push your arms out, which would make you go that you know one direction. Yep. Um. And then if you pressed D, it would be like the other side of your body, yep. which would be your legs out, right? Yep. And then maybe like left arrow would be like pull your arms in. Yeah. So it's basically like you control your arms with A and left and you control your legs with D and right. And, right. and that would be, you know, arms in, arms out, right? But then like, let's say you're transitioning over like this. Well, now the question is, is and I don't know, I can, I can see both ways being comfortable. Yeah. But like the, uh, the default and whether it feels good or, or quick or seamless is like, is A still going to control your arms even though, because it's like before yep. the left, it was with the left and the left and yep. the right with the right. Well, now it's A with the arms. So it flips. It's yep. like, do you... So do you keep it mapped with the direction? And I guess that also goes with like flying vertically in both directions. And I I don't know. Yeah. It's, My gut tells me that you would keep the key bounds to the appendage at all times. So like, you know, if A is legs, it's always legs. Because like, because if not, you have to find, you know, the frame they transition. Yep. Which could be the better system but is a more complicated system undoubtedly because there has to be a point at which they switch you know what i mean but so it's like yeah so think about this think about this imagine if there's like a thing that that i used to do which is like you kind of flip this way and then you like you kick your legs out which makes you flip oh and then you kick your legs out which makes you flip and then you kick your legs out which makes you flip and it's like or you could like kick your legs out and then kick your arms, and then legs, oh, and then yeah. arms. And I almost feel like in that scenario, I'd want to go like a a a yeah, a a. You're almost like, like you're spinning the ball. You know, like when yeah, you when you have the ball yeah. in your finger and you're. So it's like I can see multiple ways. Yeah, I don't no, know. And that makes sense. That makes sense. But I can and, also and, understand why then your desire is to get a little proof of concept in Unreal and mess with it. And figure out what feels right and then hand it to somebody and say, does this feel right? You know what I mean? And then, Because if yeah. you can nail that, then you're like, all right, let me start building some levels. You know what I mean? Let me start building some puzzles. But Yeah, it's figuring out how to granular I, I want to get to because yeah. like obviously when, it's when, you, when you see me fly, my body's doing this. I'm spinning and I'm twisting and my arms are I'm asymmetrical. And because this would need to be, I think like it would be a lot easier and easier to control and conceptually and program if it was just 2d your body's basically symmetrical all the time like yeah. if you cut down the middle your right arm is always doing what your left arm is yeah, doing yeah um but but yeah like uh, when it comes to like a transition you could make it so that it's like when you transition that you put your arms out 
you know, maybe you have like space bar and control as like the yeah. ascend descend, which would like so like space bar would be like flatten your whole body. Control oh. would be like arc your whole body. Yeah, almost like uh controls that were resets. Like space bar, no matter what, it reset to this because that would lift you up. Yeah. Um, but then there's also like imagine you wanted to do like a like get up to, into like a cannonball position, like somersault to where like imagine you kick your legs out and then it's like if you double tap R or sorry, double tap D or double tap yeah. like the right arrow, then you would go like, you know, Whoop. ball up and it, then you would spin super fast. Yeah. So imagine like you prop up, you like blast yourself this way, do a little flip because you need to go through a yeah. gap that's yeah. really small. Yeah. So you're like, Burp. but then like once you go through, you then need to like stop flatten out and go back the other way because there's spikes or flames yeah, or, yeah. or or whatever uh, um but then the question is like do you have a button that's like double tap is like a quick flip or you double tap and that's a transition to vertical double yeah. tap again and it's like transition transition and maybe triple tap is you go like 270 degrees yeah or you want to make it so that like you need to give it like the leg out arms in and it does it incrementally yeah these are all things those that are, yeah those were all those are all questions it. that you need to feel because that's going to truly dictate the like the challenge of the game you know what i mean like do you make it obviously there's ends of the spectrum like you said do you make all of the major positions just like one click away click i'm in this position click i'm in this position that's one end of the spectrum the other spectrum is it's fully you need hands on all appendage at all times and you're completely manipulating it and like where and I on don't that want it to be like co-op where it's exactly awkward, you know so where on that scale does it feel rewarding to master but enjoyable to start yeah and, and, and honestly like this game I would if I you know if and when I ever build this speed running is going to be like in like speed running yeah. in mind a first class citizen so first thing first i'm going to build in like an input recording system yeah 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 so that you can have like input like track mania for sure where it's for like sure. you know every input on every frame and you can have a playback file so like like yeah, doom dude because like that would be so a la track mania that game would be so great for like community built maps well that, and that's the other thing too is I would build in as a first class feature at launch would be a map builder where I would maybe come up with 50 maps in the main campaign. Maybe wouldn't even need a storyline, you know, like, you know, maybe some high level, like it's the future. The world is made of fans. (laughs) You know, everything's a fan. Uh, Humans evolved fan blades. Fan blades. (laughs) You know, I don't know what the fucking story would be, Uh, but like, and have it be kind of similar to uh, if anybody ever played OnlyFans. Fuck off. I hate all you guys. Holy shit. OnlyFans. That's the name of the game. That's the Jesus name. Christ. Only no, it's fans OnlyFans with, with a, a question mark. With oh, a okay. Z. Yeah. With a Z and a question mark. OnlyFans? Uh, holy shit. Okay. Yo. Lo- lonely fans? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, nice, 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 nice. Uh. <sighs> But um, but yeah, I don't know if you ever did you ever see or play Happy Wheels? No, the browser game Happy Wheels. Wait, maybe. I'm I'm pulling up a fucking I'm pulling up a video to show you Happy Wheels number one hundred three. I don't know what this is. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's very it's very like heavy on see these are all user submitted levels, right? Yep, yep. Um and it's just like a fucking meme. Like the default character is like a dad with his fucking kid on the it's just yeah. It's just such a meme. Yep. Yep. But you build in enough different cool elements where you have a simple map map maker and now you have infinite content forever and yep. You know, I, I yep. just a game a game built with speed running as a first class citizen. It has a timer built into the game, you know, to like make things simple. Yeah, it has all of the the replay validation and stuff for uh-huh. like anti cheat. Um, dude, you know whatever. Um, and then the user generated stuff. It's like infinite memes, infinite speed running, infinite content. But all all I need, all I need as a software guy, if I have. It's like if you set up a canvas, you prime it, you give me all the paints and everything, I will be able to, like, make a nice painting, right? But if you say, make a nice painting, and now I got to, like, go to the store, find the paint, which paint do I want, take fucking two months to figure out, do I want this kind of paint on oil-based paint? Do I What kind of canvas? Do I want to paint on a wet canvas? Yeah. Do I want a canvas at all? Am I going to do this with pencils, markers, crayons? How am I going to do this? What are the different shading techniques? I'll never, I'll never do the painting, yeah. right? But if if I had just somebody who knew Unreal Engine and who could get me a fucking stick figure that I could like press A, D, left, right, and it would just legs go out, make me go this way. And yeah. I don't know if I have to roll my own physics engine. I have ways of like I have an implementation kind of pseudocode written out about how I would roll my own pseudo physics engine or they might just have like yeah. oh they have all the particle fluid dynamics Physics where all the wind and, and stuff is just dragon yeah yeah did I ever tell you about the the one little mobile game that I made that I never did anything yes. with but that space game and how I spent all this time implementing all the gravity formulas based on the mass of all the planets and everything and I realized like if I just said world dot physics engine dot gravity or no world uh if I just what was it like I need to like take the world scene and like turn physics on and then like set the mass of the objects and then it and then set gravity to like zero then like it was just full-on space orbiting and it's like and i spent like a while actually building all that and it was like four lines of code but i'm sure i don't know that yeah so i don't want to just go in and you don't want to go in and spend two months creating something and then the viewers like oh i'm in unreal all you have to do is click this button and it's like dude you know I, I've been there. It's like, you know that's what it is, so I, you don't want to start until somebody can just freaking get you there. Because you know what I end up doing? I would end up getting the default, like like I did with Unity, the default like Unity project where it's like a robot dude with a gun that like jumps, and there's like shooting, and whenever it's like, okay, delete the gun, delete the environment, yeah, delete yeah. the physics, delete the thing, okay, now like rotate the guy this way, and then it's like, how do I control the limbs? fuck i don't know there's like a walk animation i didn't make that well now how do i and then it's just i spend all day and i'll never get there yeah yep so if you're out there please someone actually did reach out to me i I remember how i said nobody reached out to me yeah i recently saw one person like reached out to me it was in like my pending messages and was like yo i can help uh yeah i'm down to help out with your game idea and i was like that was june of 2023 I'm like, oh, I never saw it. <laughs> so if you're st- if you heard this and you're still down, <laughs> cracker, uh, hit me up me again. Know. 
Yeah, because I totally didn't see your message. But uh, so I, I lied. There was one person. But anybody else, if you like think that you could get me started, I could build. A, you build it. Yeah. I can I can make changes, you know, like any software engineer can like debug and make changes on top of something already built. But it's such a massive mountain to get sure. started. I believe it. I believe it. Dang. Well, yeah, I want I want to do that. That's I'm sick. more excited about that than anything now because every game is fucking boring. I, I, I bought City Skylines 2. Yeah. And I was like excited. I literally re- re- refunded it after like 40 minutes just because i really like city skylines one it's been so long since i played i forgot most of the details but like the intro tutorial and was just like annoying enough in the first like 20 or 30 minutes Mm. and i'm like 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 you'd have there's like one of those tutorial pop-ups so like pop-ups over half the fucking screen and it's like, I want to see what's behind the pop-up, but I can't unless I dismiss it, but then I can't get back to it. Yeah. Like, simple things like that. And then, like, connecting the roads with, like, the sewer pipes was just, like, more annoying than the first City Skylines. Oh. And it's like, I, you do this so much that this should be, like, the most not annoying shit, connecting, yeah. like, roads. And I'm like, I'm over this. Yeah. I've seen a lot of pe- people play City Skylines, but I've never... I haven't really played any of those type of games since like Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> First one was really satisfying, and and honestly, Prison Architect was was one that was um really really I oh, think really? was really well done, really satisfying. Setting up all the all the like plumbing and the showers and the setting up the cells and the rooms That's and the kitchen funny. and the it was really really satisfying. And this was just kind of like after forty minutes, uh, I was like, oh, okay, I yeah, I, you lost me. I'm sure the game is probably fine. Yeah, but it's just it didn't capture you. It just yeah, it lost me. Uh, did you see that they that Rockstar announced that GTA Six, the first trailer, will come out in December? Uh, yeah, yep, I saw that. I heard that. Uh, I heard that the budget was like over a billion dollars. <laughs> is that the first game with a billion dollar budget? It might be. Now we remember we had that conversation about how many. GTA 5 copies sold like they made billions off GTA 5. I mean there was like hundreds of millions of copies sold. They they've spent so much money from the like shark cards and the GTA online community. So um but yeah, GTA 6 apparently we're actually getting a trailer for that pretty soon. Dude, there's just something about like GTA 3 was such a monumental game. Like it was totally game changing. Yeah. Like n- nothing before that just gave me the experience of like I can do, yeah, quote unquote whatever I want. Like I can just drive on sidewalks and like run people over and like, like I mean like other games had stuff like that, yeah. but not not as immersive and in depth in a way that I think GTA Three really changed the game. And then San Andreas, there's something about the open environment of san andreas and the soundtrack yeah i hear like the young turks or yeah. um or like the who eminence front and of listening to like kdst driving through the yeah. desert i don't know why do that that's like that was like a like an i'm nostalgic for that experience of like vibing in that environment just listening to the yeah. radio 
I'm interested, man. They've obviously learned a lot from like the online and RP community because that's still like crazy thriving. Uh, obviously, GTA made them apparently around like $8 billion. You know what's interesting too is that I heard, so you recently just like got deep into Red Dead Redemption 2, which is also Rockstar. Which I never finished actually. I never finished that. I heard that the graphical upgrade to GTA 6 is going to be in the vein of the difference between GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2. Like graphically, those are like completely different playing fields. Like Red Dead Redemption 2 is like one of the most beautiful looking games ever. When did, did GTA 5, this is a line of a stupid question, but did it come out before? Oh, GTA 5 came out on the PlayStation 3. 23rd yeah team yeah oh my god yeah great yeah gta 5 it's actually insane because it like i mean i guess some of that's modding but like that game held up huh yeah it did and then look at like red dead's scenes and graphics you know what i mean obviously you just like were in it and so i've heard that they like uh Obviously, they've been only working, five years. They've been working on their engine a ton, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. I'll be. I'll, I'll definitely be super interested, just like to see because they're like the the first trailer comes out. Like I don't think we see GTA Six for like a while, but I um, saw a clip on Twitter because I because I when, when I saw that you put GTA Six trailer or whatever, I like YouTubed it. There were some nine days ago, and I don't know if it's real or not. Can I show it, or, or is that or it's not get real? Sued? Yeah, it's not real. Okay, so this isn't this is not it. Well, that might be real, but like they've been hacked multiple times. All that stuff was stolen. Yeah, I wonder. Like, the, see, like here's the thing. Like, this could be GTA Five modded for all I know. Yeah, like it's been a while since I played that. I probably like remember the graphics better than what it was. Or it could be GTA six with like half the settings turned off, right? Like you know what I mean? In a in a dev environment or something. Oh, okay. I guess this is GTA five. Oh. All right. Yeah. So there you go. So uh um but yeah. Apparently- I heard that there was some announcement too with fucking Star Citizen today. And I'm like, I'm sure Jesse'll tell me. Not that I saw. Whoever whoever said that in my chat earlier, are you still here and or there was, what a, was that? IAE, which is like their free fly week where they. Uh... Oh, they re-released the Star Engine demo. I knew that they were working on another demo for that. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's just like they're also they've spent all this time. They're hyping up their engine, their Star Engine, which is pretty sick. So. Mm. Um, so, okay. yeah. Um, it's so funny. Like I played Star Star Citizen the other day, and uh, it's funny because like it's interesting how just perception, right? Like some people are like, "Is this is this supposed to be like Starfield?" And it's like, "Oh, my sweet summer child!" <laughs> like Star Citizen has been twenty twelve, my my friends. Like this is supposed to be like Starfield. Yeah, it's. It's just funny. And then, but then the next thing they say is like, wait, are you actually leaving the planet without a loading screen? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, dude. Yes, brand I new, am. Brand new, tech, brand new tech, dude. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Speaking of that video, 
that video was just about to hit 400k dude like this oh i'm the so starfield? glad the my starfield baldur's gate comparison video yeah. at 398,000 views it's i'm so glad that at one point i i decided to turn off push notifications to my phone from yeah. youtube um because like 52 minutes ago, two hours ago, two hours ago, two hours ago, two hours ago, three hours ago, three hours ago, five hours ago, five hours ago, five hours ago, five hours ago. I just get like a dozen fucking, oh my God, so many, I so many comments. I still get every time I log into Facebook. I mean, wow, fake fucking Facebook. Log into YouTube, pull up like to clear my notifications badge. And it's always like a little preview of all I see are the, was it a better game that Tarkov going in the wrong direction? And yeah. my two Starfield videos are like the two most active videos right now. Yeah. Um. And the comments are still, still buck. Oh wild, yeah, dude. still just as, as buck wild as as ever. Well, that is the stuff. Process. The good stuff. Um. So yeah, <clears throat> dude. What's okay? So tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Uh, it'll be, by the time you're hearing this on an episode, it'll be way later, but happy Thanksgiving to all of, uh, the podcast listeners out there. Uh, thankful, we're thankful for you. We're okay? thankful for you. Especially um, the pee the peepers, the peepee enjoyers. The, the Um, and then, uh, and then we're kind of like heading towards December fast. Maybe we get some, some cool gaming news. Maybe we get some arena. Maybe we get some... Veritas, Jesse Kazam squads and arena once that comes out. So, uh, some cool stuff coming, but yeah, Thanksgiving. I hope you guys have, uh, a good time with your family, wherever you are. I know we know the holidays can be a super exciting time or a rough time, but, uh, thank you guys for just, yeah, allowing us to do this. It's super fun. We love it. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for hanging. This will be live on all the platforms Monday. Still, this will probably, Go live on the PP on Friday. Uh, If you are interested in more of this content or getting access to these episodes ad-free and early, you can head to patreon.com slash the podcast pod. We love the homies over there. We do extra episodes. It's super fun. But yeah, you guys are great. Thank you for hanging. And we will definitely see you on the next one. Peace. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com